On the episode today, we will talk about two significant nuggets of news relating to the Brooklyn Nets. One being, well, both being from Brian Windhorst, that the Nets are going after a, quote, blue chip coach, and that the Nets are being aggressive in trying to get a third star. Feels like a lot of basketball news today, Mike. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Harris. Hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check out our last episode. It was a real delight. It was the inaugural Brooklyn Nets Hall of Shame. Brian, Hall of Shame. It was a real pleasure to record that with you. I'll laugh right, Mike. We had a great time. How are you? How's going? What's going on over there? Oh, it's just everything's peachy keen and wonderful and beautiful. Um, Bri. Talk to me. Not quite an emergency pod. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not an emergency pod. No, uh, not quite. Not quite. I like how you said it first. We are going to discuss a couple of things, things that have been floating in the ether yeah. around the team, but it all has been pushed to the forefront. Brian Winhorst recorded his podcast for ESPN and part of the focus of the podcast. And there's two big quotes that has set a flame to Nets Twitter today and will continue on for the foreseeable future. The two big quotes are that the Nets are going to, quote, swing for the fences when it comes to trade market. And two, that the Nets are looking for a, quote, blue chip coach, interesting terminology there, a blue chip coach for their next head coach, which would probably also mean the end of Jacques Vaughn's tenure, very short tenure with the Nets. I don't know who the blue chip coach is, though. Like, who? what's a name? Give me a name of a blue chip coach that's out there. Don Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think we can attack. Let's attack blue chip coach first, and then we'll go into trade discussion. Because trade discussion, everyone gets very sensitive when we bring up certain names, but those names will have to be included. And one of those names, probably actually two of those names of players, may be on our pod coming up. So we'll we'll couch that discussion for later in the podcast. The first blue chip coach. I find blue chip coach interesting because when you hear that term, it's actually really associated with college blue chip, mm -hmm. um, blue chip recruit. Obviously, there's a mo movie Blue Chips with um, Nick Nolte, mm -hmm. and the Nick Nolte joke, the Nets are hiring Nick Nolte, has been out there already on Twitter, and I shouts to all of you. I see uh, you. I know you. I love you. Well um, so here are the Blue Chip possible coaches. Some. So I'll start from likely to unlikely. Okay? This is a power rankings of mine, and then we'll kind of dive within the different coaches that it could be. Tom Thibodeau is, to me, likely. the I think that's the most likely of the quote unquote blue chip coaches. Yeah. Okay. I, th I think, and we, I'll go into sort of the specifics sure. in a minute, sure. but I think he's definitely out there. He definitely wants to be hired. Winhorse said on his pod that Thibodeau is going to be highly considered by both the Nets and the Knicks. Tibbs is going to get another job. And whether it's with Brooklyn, we don't know. Um, Ty Lue, I don't know if he's considered. Do you consider Ty Lue a blue chip coach? He has won a championship, but is he a blue chip coach in, in this whatever parameters that we want to set around this? Well, if one of the rubrics is going to be winning a championship, then, you know, that's a pretty good little sh shard of evidence for sure. Um, <laughs> it's better than Tom Thibodeau. It is better than Tom Thibodeau. Um, yeah, heck. I mean, like, that's really the the thing that you strive for most as an NBA coach, and the vast majority of them don't get them. So, um, heck, throw that in there. Sure. Uh, any of the Van Gundys, Stan or Jeff, we're, we're told they continue to be blue chip coaches. 
I've continually felt that Jeff Van Gundy is this, I don't even want to call it a pipe dream, because I don't know who's really dreaming of Jeff Van Gundy besides Knicks fans at this point. Pipe but his nightmare. name, yeah. so if you're a football fan, John Gruden would be continually brought up in every head coaching possibility. And he was never hired until very recently when he got paid $100 million over a 10-year contract, which is like crazy. I, I, I under, maybe I'm too young, which feels good to say that I'm too young to understand why people lost after Jeff Van Gundy so much. I like him fine as an announcer. I think he's very smart, sure. But I don't know if his vibe is the exact vibe that the Nets would want. And I don't consider him to be a blue chip coach, but his name is amongst the blue chippers. I mean, the fascination was he was on a very popular, he was the coach of a very popular 90s Knicks team. That's that's it. That's all you need to be to have your name echoed <laughs> into the rafters of every NBA franchise forever, you know? Uh, okay, so that's, that's tier one of likely, I guess Lou and Thibodeau are tier one of likelihood. Tier two is the Stan Van Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy. And I put them in a lower tier one because I don't think Jeff Van Gundy is as much of a blue chip. Is Actually, I think Stan is a bigger blue chip. But again, I don't know if like Durant and Kyrie are lusting to play after Stan play with Stan Van Gundy or play for Stan Van Gundy. So I, I, I would put them tier two. Tier three is sort of my if shit hits the fan tier, what could be happening? And then any of these three candidates in tier three could imme- immediately become tier one and likely would become tier one. Mike D'Antoni, Houston Rockets coach right now. Um, we'll get more into the Houston Rockets discussion when we get to what players could be interesting in the uh, swing for the fences trades possible. But D'Antoni's on thin ice in Houston. Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets, is, it refuses to give Mike D'Antoni a new contract. We understand from, I don't know if anyone listens to Bill Simmons, but Bill Simmons has talked about many times that Daryl Morey, not that Daryl Morey has told Bill Simmons this, but that Daryl Morey uh, may feel like he needs to continually make moves like getting Russell Westbrook onto the team because he only has so much left of the plank to walk off of, I guess, is hot seat, hot seat thing. So I think there's been a feeling amongst the NBA that if the Rockets don't achieve a certain level of success this season, that Mike D'Antoni's time with the Houston Rockets could be over. And if that's the case, and of course now we're living in this reality where we have no clue at all what what's going to happen with the NBA, the NBA playoffs with COVID-19, Mike D'Antoni may be available to coach a team next season. And he would certainly, in my mind, be a blue chip coach, right? I mean, I think he's achieved that status currently. Do you, do you, cont- I mean, is that like, yeah, I mean, I'm a big, you? I'm a big D'Antoni guy. I love anyone with a system, you know that. Um, and I actually think that he is, you know, I'm not the first person to say that. I do think that he had uh, the correct read of the room with regard to space and pace from early on, early on before anyone was ready for, to hear it. He was so it makes sense to me that he's like part of that conversation. I think from a um, like the sexiness POV, he's if you're making a Venn diagram of what he like covers, there's something <laughs> that's sort of distinctly not sexy about Mike D'Antoni at the moment. Um, that's not to say he can't get his sexy back um, or bring the sexy back, sure. if you will. I'm wondering if there's any other names, like any of these other sort of guys who are sort of just had been in, in their position for a long time, like a Rick Carlisle or like a Doc Rivers that could be like snapped up from any of these places. Um, I mean, obviously, Mike D'Antoni is the most that seems like the most obvious choice, but I'm trying to I'm racking my brain to see if there's like a Mike Bud out there that we can 
that we can snap up. Um, um, so the person that you could, so there's two, two names that I think one, so Greg Popovich, let's just put it. He is the elephant in the room. He is the Barnum in Bailey elephant in the room. That feels like a very like ESPN <laughs> thing to Dude, have just put in the Barnum and Bailey. I get you. Doug. <laughs> I get it. I, I mean, yeah. I, people get so angry when you bring up Popovich, like there's no way he's going to leave the Spurs. Okay. The Spurs are basically like a low it's like a mid lottery team at this point their two best players are about to leave the team DeMar DeRozan unlikely to sign a deal with the team even if he does like do you really want DeMar DeRozan on four years 80 million four years 100 million you don't right what kind of team is that LaMarcus Aldridge same deal so and the young players on the Spurs didn't develop Derek White DeJounte Murray Lonnie Walker the fourth didn't develop at this like tremendous rate where like those are the next Kawhi. Dude, they Tony tried to Parker make DeJounte does. Murray happen so hard and it just didn't, it's didn't fine. get there. He's it's like, good. It's fine. no, it's great. I mean, fine. But they yeah. really, I, the, with the amount of, that I heard his name being thrown around, I was like, is this, who is this guy? And then, yeah, it never really panned out. Popovich and Bill Belichick are often brought up in the same level. They, they created these dynastic teams in sort of different places centered around um, like a hardworking superstar, Tim Duncan and Tom Brady. And everyone's like, well, Belichick isn't leaving the Patriots. Why would a, a guy like Popovich, a guy who's like gra- has been a grinder for 25 years, whatever, with this franchise, why would he want to leave? Well, because he's however old he is, let's say 68. That's just a random age. I don't he's know. 71. I just checked. 71. He probably should run for president because only seven year olds are allowed to run for president. Um, Actually, I would vote pop 2020. Let's, let's go. go. Let's ride. Um, he's, he's at the end of his career. Do you want to ride out a team that basically has no hope of ever even competing for a championship, not even winning one, just competing for a championship over the next five years, unless if something insanely dramatic does happen for the Spurs, they draft the next Kawhi Leonard, but develop in a much quicker pace. Cause the thing about Kawhi, it took a while before Kawhi became the figure that he is now. So the Spurs system, which is a slow development system, besides when you grab Tim Duncan, these things take time. And right now they don't have that. So if I'm, what? Oh no. What were you saying? Well, and not insignificant detail too, is that Popovich, well, between the difference between Belichick's situation, Popovich's situation is that Pop's been doing the post Tim Duncan Spurs for three years with not a ton of results, unfortunately. And that's a fantastic point. So it's like, Okay, what does Pop want? Maybe he does just want to continue to coach this team in his own empire. He has built this empire in Texas, in San Antonio, and he has he's able to do what he wants. He only has to deal with the media on a level that he wants to deal with. The culture that he has built is ingrained, and it is his culture. Okay, He is the tree that has taken root, and all those roots are stemmed throughout that franchise. But one of his seedlings has built his own little culture arbitorium in Brooklyn. If an arbitorium is a thing where plants are at, I don't know, but it sounds like it should be. He's built that over in Brooklyn. Now those roots are maybe getting rotted a little bit by Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Again, though, what we are, what we do know, and I'll bring this back to D'Antoni and I'll bring this back to Thibodeau, is that part of why Katie and Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan all linked up was Team USA. Team USA has fostered these free agent dynasty destinations for the past 15 years. How these pro players all met, I'm speaking, of course, about LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, now Durant, Kyrie, and DeAndre. D'Antoni was an assistant for Team USA. Pop, obviously, has been heavily involved with Team USA. 
And so is Tom Thibodeau involved with Team USA. So all of the, the two primary forces of change with the Nets, Kyrie, Katie, have already seen the coaching styles of D'Antoni, Pop, and Thibodeau. Thibodeau's very available. D'Antoni, let's say 50%, and Pop, maybe 10% available. But again, my argument is if I'm Greg Popovich, I want to finish my career. I go to my guy, Sean Marks. Basically, Pop is like, okay, I'm just going to focus on coaching. I don't need to do the other things that it takes to run a franchise because that's basically what he does. I will drink great wine. There's tremendous wine in central New York. <laughs> is he a Brian, wine guy? Is that a thing? Oh, he's a huge, he's huge a big, wine guy. What, huge. Uh, interesting. It's like this thing. It's like the only way reporters are able to get him talking was when they start asking him about like a Chilean red, you know? And <laughs> that's, that's so dangerous. When you get and, it, like when you just decide to get into something like that's such a such a weird place to be. How how would you assess New York's production of wine, Brian? Have you did you ever go to the vineyards and I've in been to the Skinny Finger Atlas? Lakes? I'll tell you what; those are they get a little sweet for me. That's a little bit sweet to my taste. <laughs> but that's the I mean, blues. Is a, <laughs> they do have some nice rieslings up there, Mike. Let me tell you what. Um, so I actually think pop. See, I don't think pop would be into the Central New York wines, but we'll, we'll try. We'll work on them. There's certainly great wine out in the Hamptons. I'm, <laughs> I'm way out of my league here. I'm reminded of a uh, an Onion headline that was like. Um, man in, in mid thirties decides to go all in on mustard. It's, it's about like when he just decided to be like an expert on some random, like, I feel like wine, he can get away with that a little bit more, but it's right there in the, in the same milieu. So to recap, Thibodeau, Ty Lu, I think very available, or obviously they're very available. The Van Gundy's on their own little tier. And then below that's D'Antoni Popovich. And I'll throw one more name there since we're, this is silly season. Okay. And we all like to have fun and it's speculation and there's no reporting behind this. But this is a guy who has coached one of these players for a year of his life. This is a guy whose name has been linked to NBA jobs in the past. He almost took an NBA job in the past with one of the greatest players of all time, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is a guy that Kyrie Irving looked very much up to. Coach Krzyzewski. <laughs> wow. Wow. I just there's As no blue chip here. as it gets. Yeah. That, yeah. So why I link to that is the blue chip comment. Blue chip is a very you think distinctive that, <laughs> term. It's a college like, term. You think he placed that as a as a clue, as a breadcrumb for you to follow, huh? And and Coach K has been coaching Team USA, so he has coached Kevin Durant. He's obviously coached Kyrie Irving. I could see Irving being very nostalgic for his Duke days, even though he only played like twelve games at Duke. I could see him being like very linked to that time. Um. Now, does Coach K want to leave, again, his own kingdom when he's been offered to be the leader of so many other places before and he's ref- refused? Why would the Brooklyn Nets be any different? Um, I can't imagine they would be. I don't think this would ever happen. <laughs> I put the likelihood at point zero 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 one percent Yeah. But I, I think it but has th- to be mentioned. It has to be at that at those percentage points. You have to you have to bring that up for sure. <laughs> um, I think it's higher than that. I mean, that's a fun one to throw out there. Um, lots yeah. of connections, lots of so many connections, Mike. And can I say this? And I will. But I think I think that what we have to realize here, even though we all get ridiculous about the trade packages that could be offered about the Nets, mm. we are now in this reality where the Nets have two gigantic global stars on the team. This is a place the team has never been before. So, like, even though it's ridiculous to say that Popovich may leave the place where he's been at for 25 years to come coach the Nets or that it's ridiculous for Coach K, a place he's been at for 40 years, 
to leave and come coach with us. I know that's ridiculous, but we are living in ridiculous times. Mm. And this team, the two stars that are leading this team are the guys that could possibly shake up the foundation of basketball to force these coaches to be like, I can probably win a championship with those two guys, at least one championship over the next three years. If I can do just one championship, if I'm pop and I go to a new team and that would affirm my legacy as better than, I mean, the thing is, I don't know if he cares about Phil Jackson, but Phil Jackson has had tremendous success in two places and pop has had success in one place. Pat Riley has, has had success, at least a championship level success in two places. And then with the Knicks, he's kind of like a, you know, almost there, but didn't quite do it. So the one thing, if you're stacking up resumes, Popovich versus Phil Jackson versus Pat Riley, whoever pop has only done it at one place and that, you know, longevity should be awarded, but actually it's a, it's not, it's a, it's a disadvantage in the resume stack up. And maybe Popovich look at this and says, this is the end of my legacy here. I'll go to Brooklyn and I'll coach these super big stars. And this will be the the coup de grace, which is, it. I'm not sure what coup de grace I think means. he put that percentage for Pop. It was 10%. I think he, that's way low. Based on what you just said, I'm fired up. Like lock it in basically for me. Do you, Is there anything, like when you envision a coach for the Nets next season, what do what type of person do you envision? Like what personality or what resume makes sense to you to coach this team. So it's an interesting one because like, you know, the paradigm has shifted so much from the Kenny Atkinson growth development days. And it, it appears to me, I don't know how true it is. I mean, it seems very true that Kevin Durant is just a, a dog in the gym, a work, a holic of a, of a sort. And I think that he would probably look across the aisle at a Tom Thibodeau and, and really have a lot in common maybe with, with that, which scares me because I, that's not my first, my first choice. Tom Thibodeau is not an analytical minded coach. He's much more of a, um, I don't know what he's like a, he's like a symbol, you know, he's like a, he's, he's like, like everyone plays 45 minutes a game and then their ankles are worn off. Yeah. By the end of the season. <laughs> he like, right. He embodies a, uh, like a force, like a physical manifestation of just like, you know, force of will try really hard and, and win the games. And um, that's interesting and something that, like, I'm not used to watching. I hadn't, you know, those Bulls teams were, like, really clunky and gross and weird, but they, you know, were fun to watch and, and played really hard and, you know, was was an interesting team for a long time. Um, I, I don't know if he's – yeah, I, for, for all those reasons, like, that's that's good and interesting, but that's not my first choice because I do think that we've hit a new – understanding a new plateau of like there's you need to integrate a fair amount of analytics into your strategy also the the minnesota experiments seem to go like really awry really quickly and from a managerial point of view he was sort of disastrous which concerns me for a lot of reasons yeah and i'm kind of worried about so there's positives and negatives with tibbs the positive i think i'll and i'll begin with this so like when horse kind of nailed down that the team usa connection matters that 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 is something that does matter. And when I you know, we bring up Mike D'Antoni, and I think of all like on the scale of if you combine my desire with realistic possibility, I think D'Antoni's number one in terms of I think he will be available at the end of this year, and I would love him. If he was hired, then that's like that's that's the level of coach you need for these stars. That and he makes sense and he would put in a system, but also obviously you can create a even though I hate what they do. In Houston, I think it would be a more what you hate what they do in Houston. Yeah, you're right. Since when? What? Yeah. Um, but here's we, the we've thing never else. talked about that. Is that true? 
Well, I don't like to watch what they do in Houston. I don't like to watch the basketball. You just like a, you just like a Harden. You uh, you don't like Harden. Is that fair to say? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, without Harden, it's not controversial. I just think no one really likes to watch James Harden. I've grown to appreciate it. I, I it's not. I get it's not a popular position, but I, I just genuinely. I mean, for, for I'm, I see you like I'm. I'm right there with you. D'Antoni is my favorite, and also seems like the most likely. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a public safety message. Ooh. Okay. Uh-oh. Tell him. Mike. Breaking news. Um, yeah, it's something to do with COVID nineteen. Let's. I don't, we don't talk about that on this podcast. Yeah. Mike. Until we do our twenty four hour stream, and then we'll talk. <laughs> but anyways, um, hashtag keep it a secret. Anyways, <laughs> is that what people say? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. my tip point is basically that. So we thought of D'Antoni. D'Antoni with the the Suns was revolutionary. Seven seconds to left basketball. He he changed basketball forever, emphasizing possessions and threes even though like those teams now would be the slowest teams in the league we all we all have heard that but that's the thing but we've not i don't know if people forget but d'antoni went to the knicks and the lakers and sucked he was a bad coach or the teams were bad he was particularly a disaster in the late with the lakers or his teams were a disaster so everyone was down on d'antoni goes to houston and he does rehab houston and he makes them a team that they that team besides the Cavs had the best shot of knocking off the Warriors every season. You know, they took the Warriors to two game sevens or whatever it was. So D'Antoni has been a success in Houston, I would say. And again, his path from revolutionary to somewhat of a disaster and then back to like, oh, yeah, D'Antoni's good, a good basketball coach. That is where we're at with him now. Tibbs, I could see that happening. Tibbs in Chicago defensively was thought of as this like revolutionary coach who had like figured out how to get his teams to play defense in this emerging new era of basketball. He leaves Chicago after four hard years or five hard seasons or whatever it was and goes to Minnesota and they're not good in year one. They're really pretty good in year two, but they have the whole Jimmy Butler corner of the towns. That thing is beginning to fester. And then year three, he's out by mid season or whatever it is. But I, I could see him now with N coming to Brooklyn, and we are reminded that he is a not a basketball genius, but like a smart basketball mind, and that he is able to elevate the team to a certain place that like Kenny Atkinson wasn't essentially able to or wasn't even allowed to elevate the team. Like Tibbs has that in him. He had it in him at one point, and did the league pass him by while he was becoming a revolutionary defensive figure? Maybe, but I still think like the mind of a coach is adaptable enough to where like he could still have like a, a renaissance period. And the, the net situation is so different from the, what the Wolves were going through. The Wolves were like a really young team that added Jimmy Butler. The Nets are going to be a veteran laden team next year because they're going to make a trade and like all our favorite young guys are not going to be on the team next year. I guess we're going to have to get used to the idea of Tibbs as a coach, Mike. I feel like that's like it's <laughs> it's predestined. I here's the thing I'd like I'm 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 trying to push down my PTSD from the Lionel Hollins days where cuz I I feel like they're similar in that they really like that they're stubborn and that's always a really scary thing for me <laughs> when somebody's like I'm stubborn and that's a big part of who I am. It's like ugh, I hate that's an awful personality trait. Um, that being said, I think like Tibbs is, I'm probably unfairly making that comparison. I don't, I don't know that he's at least on a basketball level that, that sort of rigid, although I suspect that he kind of is, I don't know, but also at the same, by the same token, this is why I go back and forth is like having a big 
dose of like hard assedness is is might might be good for a person like Carrie Irving, etc. Um, although I suspect probably not. I feel like that like it yeah. requires kind of a deft touch. Um, uh, and Tibbs does not. He just has that one hammer. Um, but so yeah, I don't know. That's it's I guess, a very yeah. It's a very because I, I agree with you that Tibbs and Durant seemingly would get along. Like, even though people say, like, Durant's um sort of enigmatic, enigmatic figure on a team on some sense, like, like la- his last year in Golden State, it has now been publicly said, I think, by Steve Kerr that, like, it was tough from time to time to know where Kevin was at mentally, Kevin meaning Kevin Durant, but I, I don't think he, he doesn't seem like a hard guy to coach. I mean, he was with Scott Brooks for so long in OKC, and he, like, seemingly defended Scott Brooks pretty hard, and... Scott Brooks has been fine for the Wizards, I guess, but it's been proven that Brooks wasn't like this almighty genius, right? So, and he goes and he goes to Golden State, and no, nothing's going to unseat Steve Kerr from the position that he had been in before Durant got to the team. But I would imagine if you told asked Steve Kerr would he coach Kevin Durant again, he would say like immediately. I don't think people would say that about Kyrie Irving. I mean, maybe they would, maybe they because they knew how talented he was, and they'll be like, I'll take another shot at that talent, even if. You know, it's not going right for me. Uh, I think when you're a, a true walking bucket like like Kevin Durant is, there's just you can't be anything but admired and and thought of reverentially by by a coach. I mean, and look where Steve Kerr is now. He's the like for all of the Steve Kerr is the greatest coach in the world. Blah blah blah. He coached the worst team in basketball this season without <laughs> Kevin Durant. So like you know the idea that people people I understand why they appreciate Kevin Durant and that they want to be in his good graces and not the other way around. Um, because I, we just watched on stream uh, the Warriors Clippers game from uh, playoff game uh, from last year, this game six, where uh, Durant has 50. And all of the like super sexy motion offense from Steve Kerr, all that goes out of the window five minutes 100%. into the game. And we're seeing post up after post up from the elbow and wing of Durant. And he's just um, hammering, you know, mid range jump shots over everybody. And that's their offense the entire game. That's all. And so like, I get it. Like it's, yeah, it's just funny to think that like when it really comes down to like playoff basketball and you want, and you need a bucket, like all those, all those fancy motion offenses go out the window. And also it makes sense why like Draymond and him had such beef over the course of that year, because there is no player that benefited more from the, the system than Draymond Green. Like you put Draymond Green on a bad team, you are you never you maybe never hear the name Draymond Green. Um with like without like the system that kind of reinforces all the good things that he does on the on the basketball court. So like when Kevin Durant comes in and he's the guy that doesn't require any of that to be super successful, it makes sense that they would be butting heads on uh, an X's and O's level. Like Yeah, and what's interesting so we saw Durant or not Durant, Draymond Green on a bad team this year because he did play and like it was fun to see Draymond on that bad team. It was fun to see him, not not like in terms of like it was great basketball, but it was good to see like, okay, Draymond Green was actually trying really hard this season, mm-hmm. um, but he also, <laughs> you're right that he's like, his talents are uniquely suited to be the defensive leader slash ball distributor dude on a really good team. And yeah. he ended up in the, I mean, that's why the Warriors thing like I, I will always read something that describes the building of the Warriors, and there's going to be like a lot of books coming out. Ethan Strauss from the Athletic is writing one called "The Victory Machine," um, 
which maybe we'll get him on to talk about, which is uh, which is about the making and unmaking of the Warriors dynasty mm. and just the perfect set of conditions that it took to get Clay and Steph and get Draymond and how they all perfectly fit together and then the cap rising and all that stuff. Um, I, again, with an, I mean, like we're going to talk about the Nets coaching situation a million times out of a million. I think the here's a, a Windhorse's report again was within a podcast. Now, he when he says things on his podcast, he knows what he's saying and he says it clearly and he even says like don't aggregate me if it's something where it's his opinion but then if he's saying sort of a headline reporty thing he comes out and just lays it out there and says the nets are looking for a blue chip coach that the significance of that no matter how much speculation whether it's popovich coach k or whatever baloney i want to say blue chip blue chip coach seems to eliminate the unproven assistant guy so like phil handy Brian and I talked about Phil Handy, like the Mike, minute Mike that put Kenny Phil had... Handy on the map. Let me tell you what, I, I heard, yeah. his name's I'm, all over Twitter for a hot second there. Really, it was, your, it was your doing, Mike. He owes you everything. I mean, I'm I would love for the Nets coach to be named Phil Handy. That just seems like a cool. It's like a a nice. Seems like a, he just the name itself. He has to be a nice person. <laughs> um, and he also seems like, like a very Saturday like, Night Live character or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and he also went to he went to Hawaii for college, oh. uh, University of Hawaii. So like. Cool. Probably a chill bro, uh, super, du- super duper chill. chill bro. Um, but I think it eliminates that type of coach. May not, yeah. may not end up happening. May, maybe the Nets situation, maybe COVID nineteen completely screws up everyone's ability to hire coaches. Like we've already seen. So this probably didn't pass through your radar, Brian. But Western Michigan, the basketball program in Western Michigan University. Oh, I'm plugged in. I'm, pl- I'm plugged oh. in on Western Michigan. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. Um, I think they're the Broncos. There's some. There's some raging beast. Uh, that the, like a the Bronco or beasts, I believe they yeah. are. Um, um, so they, <laughs> their uh, uh, associate, not their associate director, their athletic director came out and said, so their longtime coach retired at the end of this season and their uh, assistant coach has been elevated to head coach as of like this weekend. And their athletic director said specifically like because of COVID-19, because of social dis- distancing, we're just going to take our assistant coach and make him the head coach because we can't even interview people. So this is like they said, and it saves us money to do so. They said this right. all in their press release. Well, and well, you know, obviously NBA teams operate at a different level than Western Michigan university. But if this thing continues to balloon, which Dr. Anthony Fauci says it will, then a coaching search uh. may be difficult to actually undertake. Now, Sean Marks probably already knows what he needs to know about Tibbs and Antoni. <laughs> you don't think and they're going to they're going to take a page out of the the raging water buffalo's playbook and just <laughs> just stick with Vaughn? Jacques Jacques Vaughn? Yeah. You know who's been feisty on Twitter is Adam Harrington, Nets assistant coach. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He has been tweeting a lot. He t- tweeted like a shirtless picture. I couldn't tell if it was fake or real. Interesting. Uh, he's been tweeting a lot of personal stuff lately, like good personal, happy personal, like hey, the family we're still like working out here at the but I wonder if Adam Harrington's like he's trying to extend the brand a bit to be like, mm. hey guys, yeah, notice me, notice yeah. me. Maybe I'll be the head coach. I'll even love it. Jump like that. Jacques Vaughn. <laughs> um, have we talked about Phil Jackson's return yet? And that that probability <laughs> only seventy four. I mean, if we're talking about uh, if we're talking about pop at seventy one, I mean, come on. If there's first of all, let me just say this: if there's anybody, and this is, I'm just being a, a troll right now. This isn't, this is not a serious thing. But I will say, in a very completely serious way, I think that his like peyote laden methodology would be perfect for Kyrie Irving. 
Kyrie Irving is just waiting for that one payday cap to change everything and be locked in, and that's it. And and I think Phil Jackson has that in his pocket, literally so, up in a in a bag like a, a payday cap. So here, he, the thing about Phil Jackson, because he is that he is like if you he's the Zen master. We've all called him, but he was. <laughs> I don't. I want to try to be uh, polite about this, but he's also seemingly like a jerk to a lot of players, like. Uh, a targeted jerk like he would specifically call out players in specific moments to try to extrapolate a certain performance and then if that player didn't get that performance then Phil would like put you in his doghouse in some way like it he's not like so Don Nelson you brought Don Don Nelson just seemed like you know like everything steady Eddie baby (laughs) I looked at I looked at Don Nelson before this pictures of him on Google images like the way that he dresses now is fucking it is so Pimp. Let me tell you, this guy is he just wears Don black. He looks like he looks like a picture of like Tupac from like a, like an album cover in the nineties. Like just like black turtleneck gold chain, you know. <laughs> what is he's just he's ki- killing it in his eighties right now. And it feels like he could have been on Tiger King, one of yeah. the people owning oh, animals. Speaking of which on we Tiger King. Have, yeah. Someday we'll we'll dress out. We're getting we're almost at the thirty five minute mark here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um but Phil J- I mean, you have to mention Phil Jackson. Right, yeah. I guess. Got it. I mean, because Phil coached Kobe and I mean, Kyrie. You, you know, that's were, true too. Couldn't you imagine though, like Kyrie going up to Phil Jackson and be like, "Phil, what does government mean to you?" And Phil being like, "What does alien geometry mean to you, Kyrie?" <laughs> Fuck out of my face. <laughs> Sorry, Should, shouldn't swear, but you know what I'm saying. Like he would, uh, he would meet him really halfway and then some on his crazy, challenging authority stuff. Um, I love it. Uh, also, uh, some the Billy King uh, parody account says. Who are the blue chip coach and who's the third star? <laughs> Billy, fake Billy King says Anthony Davis and Tyrone Lue. So I, thank you for your contributions. Well, speaking fake of which, while, while we're at BK Glue guys, if you think big debate whether Tyrone Lue is himself a blue chip candidate, I think that's a great. That's, that's a you go either way on that one. I, I mean, winning a championship is something. It feels like there's a weird asterisk hovering over Tyrone Lue, and I, I guess I'm not sure. I mean, I think I know why, but like, let's let's have it out. Talk about it. I mean, if if Kyrie gave his blessing, because I know people are sensitive about the fact that can Kyrie give his blessing or should he be giving his blessing on a coaching search? I have no problem with that, particularly if it's Ty Lue, because he does know Ty Lue. And like, ultimately, and this will come up in our trade discussion again. This is going to be a long pod. And maybe this is like a two parter. Yeah, this maybe is a two parter, I think. Um. And this will just be on the coaching search. So come back, I don't know, Wednesday, and you'll have the remaining portion, which will be on a third star debate. But the the Ty Lu point and the Kyrie Irving, whether he gets along with them, like Kyrie matters. And we can't live in a world where we can just disregard his opinion if you're the Nets. You have to accept his opinion. You have to listen to it. And then Sean Marks himself has to decide whether to follow Kyrie's guidance or advice or to be able to massage Kyrie's thinking to a certain point and be like, okay, you may not really have loved your experience with Ty Lue, but I think he's going to be the best guy for us because he does this, this, and this. And I don't know as a fan what Ty Lue's like resume says, like not his resume, but like what he's particularly good at. But I do know from the reports that we've seen is that he's historically, particularly with LeBron, has really like had a good relationship with players and Kyrie himself has never really had a good relationship with any coach besides Coach K, a guy he's only been coached by for one season. So, in really only twelve games or whatever it was. What was his relationship with Blatt like? Did they did they get on or 
no one got along with with David Blatt, basically. And so Winhorst brought this up on the podcast that he had, which is like evidence that so Blatt was hired before LeBron then came to Cleveland. It was Blatt gets hired and then like a month later, whatever it was, a couple months later, uh, LeBron James comes back to Cleveland. I forget exact timeline, but it was Blatt. Then LeBron comes and Winhorst was saying any evidence to to let you know that like the Cavs really didn't know what LeBron was going to do is that they hired David Blatt before LeBron got there. And then LeBron sees what David Blatt was at that point, at least his personality or his coaching style. And that was like, not what he wanted. Um, <laughs> Even the name Blatt. Blatt. <laughs> Blatt. Um, and, and, and so I want, you know, I was laughing before Brian and I did this pod and cause I wanted to look up team USA basketball and oh to see the connections and because this will also be discussed in our uh, free agency pod that will follow after this one later this week. But if you look at the Team USA rosters going back to like the past couple of Olympics, I think it's like the 2012 Olympics, which Durant was on, but Kyrie wasn't because it was too early for Kyrie. One of the point cards on the team was Darren Williams at that time. Mm-hmm. So is Darren Williams going to come back and coach the team? Is he oh. a blue chip coach? Oh, Brian? I would love that. I would love that. Would you actually love that? No, yeah, no, I'd be terrified. Because <laughs> no, really, really we would never psychotic. get any guests on our show ever again. <laughs> yeah. Because no, no podcast in the world has been more uh, anti Darren Williams. Well, than here's the this thing: we we came to prominence before, so like we were a tiny, you know, we were just a, a, a random podcast out there in the ether, and so we we could speak just totally flippantly with no holding. You know, we we were oh. not being careful with our words back then, and so we we um, spent like two or three years dumping on Darren Williams, and um, and that you know that was part of our growth cycle. Mike, I can't regret that. Okay, but we're in a different place yeah, now in our lives. I don't regret it. I <laughs> you feel pretty good. I about it. I firmly stick by it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we've you and I have talked about before in the past if uh, Darren Williams has his own podcast and like we, we may we could ostensibly get him. I think it, didn't I'm we, sure we he may have DM'd him at some point, right? Yeah, I'm sure we did. Um, and I, I just feel like it wouldn't go well, obviously, because we would just I, – I wouldn't be able to hold back. Like, we had Billy King on, and I was able to understand or accept what he would say, and I, like, you could take it in. There was – I just wouldn't be able to with Darren. I, You know, it would just be so emotionally really? – like, it's too close. To you th- I, you I would, Really? You would be, you'd be, uh, would be antagonistic to towards him. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be friendly. Wow. Wouldn't be friendly. You know me. A I'm so ven- a venomous interview with Mike Smiltz. Um, I, just one final thought on coaching because I feel like we're here. We're at this point. Um, I do want to say like we kind of talked about this, but what is the most likely? Who's like in your mind? Who is the mm. most likely at this point? Or do we just not have enough information to even walk down that road? It's weird because it feels like there should be a better name out there that's like super obvious. And we're talking about blue chip options. Um, and it's like, are we are we missing someone? It feels like we're missing someone. That's what it feels like to me. It's yeah, like I think you're right. Yeah. And like, it's going to make a ton of sense when it actually happens. But it's like, I feel like that name hasn't like poked its head up yet or something. I think what's hard is that you and I and all. So like everyone. So we didn't include Mark Jackson on this list. And I. You cannot, I don't, you cannot, if, if we're saying blue chip, Mark Jackson is not a blue chip. And if they hired him and I'm sure that the second the press conference happens, I'll be like, oh yeah, Mark Jackson, like him. Cause I'm a sucker for a good press conference. That's kind of like my vibe. Um, but 
Mark Jackson is not a blue chip. He is he is like he's a yellow chip or a red chip. I don't know what's what's the level of chips. Well, those are all primary colors. Tostitos chips. He is a well. Okay, okay. What's the best chip? Like potato chip. What's your favorite potato chip? Uh, probably a Pringle and an Utz branded. Ooh. salt and vinegar chip for me wow, i mean I'm, you're, I, you're like a i love to fl- i'm a big i'm a big flavor blasted guy and that's something about the construction of the Uts chip it's just not a really nice hearty chip i, I love ruffles like are we a not ruffle, are we yeah. sure we like forget here's about a, ruffles too here's much here's the here? thing about ruffles is like why am i not getting a salt and vinegar ruffle they gotta give me that <gasps> that that thin lay and the, that thing just and by the end of it you're like you're dealing with 50 percent of that bag is gonna be crumbled up in the bottom of it by the, by the end I, I love a ruffle. I know that Anthony Davis is highly sponsored by Ruffles chips. Um, when they, but they do the flavors, I had his like lime and jalapeno one is good. The sour cream and cheddar. That's very good. Give me the salt and vinegar. Come on. Okay. I'm going to give you five chips. You tell me where you would rank them. Shoot. Ruffle. Just standard, I'm not going to give you plain ruffle. Just a plain ruffle. Plain Pringle. Frito-Lay. Plain Tostito chip. Plain and then, Tostito chip. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll go like, um, what's the sun chips? Sun chips? Any flavor sun chip you want? Let's just go like basic cheddar. Um, like where's I'm, your head at? I'm dying for chip and a a, a just a uh, tostito without any salsa, no queso <laughs> of any kind is gonna not no no accoutrement. <laughs> that's not gonna do it for me. Um, oh, wow, so that's that's fifth. That's, that's the lowest fifth. I mean, it goes right to maybe. Second, if if it's got some if it's got some queso, come on. I mean, we're <laughs> dipping. It doesn't go to second with queso. <laughs> yeah, Everything true. in life is number two <laughs> yeah. with queso. Yeah, fair. Um, but but sans queso, you're in trouble. Um, I might go sunchip at fourth. Any mm-hmm. any of the so. flavors of sunchip, I feel like it's just like a, a it's like ch- it's just cheaply made. It feels cheap to me. This, this, it feels like there's a reason why it's like so kind of obviously second tier. The sunchip. Mm-hmm. It also has like a weird it, an attempt to be like healthy or something. It feels like this is like it might be like a like a health food or something, and it's just it's a not, Ponzi I, scheme for health. It is it's yeah. not true. So I, I not. hate being deceived, and so for that reason, I'm putting it number four. Um, I might go Pringle then Frito then Ruffle at number one. I do. I really like the Ruffle. Yeah, Ruffle's number one. Now, Frito's special. Frito's also like when you're talking about if you add it with queso. Like if, you know, add, you, like, if you're giving me a chili cheese Frito. There, that's what I'm talking about there. If, if you have accompaniment, accoutrement, it is elevated. It's a part of the the whole. It, it's amazing. But by itself, I mean, by itself, it's still good. I'm not like, hey, Frito. Right? <laughs> Can I tell you something, Mike? Please. The bodega that just opened up a couple months ago started selling. It's, on, it's new on the corner where I live. Good, t- good time to open up. Great. I mean, they're crushing it right now. They got, it's like, it's not like a bodega. It's sort of like one of those weird, like they sell produce, but it's also got bodega stuff, you know? Um, But uh, so they sell, they sell cheesy gordita crunch kits here, which is the Taco Bell branded. It's like a taco wrapped in a like flatbread with like a cheese, like paste that cements the two together. Yeah, Yeah. They have a construction kit for that. And, we have bought three of them. Like, <laughs> Wait, is it branded by Taco Bell? It is branded is it? by Taco Bell. You have to buy <laughs> the the protein separately and the produce separately, but everything else is going. It's got coming in there. And I figured out how to make Baja sauce, which is just it's just mayo and white vinegar and a little cumin, a little cumin. Really? 
Yeah. Simple. <laughs> How do you figure that out? Just through trial and error? Just like yeah. a lot of <laughs> alchemy rough nights. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Poured over my chemistry kit. Um, you say, not now, Katie. I'm in the lab. <laughs> it's my life's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you come so, out, there's just a puff of smoke, and you're just carrying an urn of. You're like, yeah. try it. Yeah. Right. It's just it's like frothing over like frankincense. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to. Eating a lot of uh, self-made cheesy gordita crunches in, in quarantine. All right. Well, I think this is a good place to end this episode. Check later in the week where we will dive into the Nets third star, how the Nets may accumulate Wow. That third gonna, star, how that transaction may go down. Super Thank deep. you all for listening. Yeah. And of course, if you want, here's here's a deal for you. If you want sports content still in these troubling times, I'm telling you, go to theathletic.com slash glue guys, 40% off an annual. That's a yearly subscription to The Athletic, 40% off. Wow. And it gives us like a nice little credit. It gives it like, we don't get money, but we get like brownie points. And I love brownies. Brownies are power rankings of brownies, cookies, cookies, number one, brownies, number two, but it's within the top two. In other Um, ways, you can do an iTunes review. We love those. Those are helpful. Oh, very helpful. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.